Harbor Church, are you ready tonight? Yes, yes. Amen. I am ready too. I'm ready for what God has for us. I know he has something that he's been speaking to my heart about. I told Pastor Marcus, oh, probably the last hmm, few months. And, um, and so I'm excited about uh, what he has and that I, I get to share it with you finally. Amen. Amen. Let's open up our Bibles tonight. Well, you're already in John chapter 6 if you just opened up your Bible for the offering. So let's look at verse 35. John 6, verse 35. Amen. amen. Say amen when you get there. Amen. Even though you're sitting on your couch, say amen. Now, don't be wandering all around the house getting, you know, doing stuff. Sit down. This is our midweek service. Amen. We want to attend to his word. Amen. amen. Praise God. John chapter 6, verse 35. Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that comes to me shall never hunger. Say never hunger. never hunger. And he that believes on me shall never thirst. Amen. Aren't you glad that you have the bread of life? If you are a believer, if you've asked Jesus to come into your heart, you have the bread of life. But I want to ask you tonight, are there people around you that don't have it? Are there people around you that are hungry and thirsty and they're trying to fill their lives up with different things? They're doing everything but going to Jesus. Verse 40 says, And this is the will of him who sent me, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him may have everlasting life. Praise God, and I will raise him up at the last day. You know, Jesus is the bread of life. When we come to know him, we have everlasting life. But River Church, not everybody around you has tasted of Jesus. Not everyone around you has everlasting life. And we should never take that for granted. You know, we should never keep it to ourselves. Did you hear me? We should never keep it to ourselves. You know, often we can be come so enraptured with, oh, you know, I'm blessed. God's doing this in my life. God's doing that in my life. It's all for me and my family. And we can forget about our neighbors, about our coworkers, about the cashier at the grocery store that we see every Friday when we go get groceries or the, the mechanic that we take our car to. We can forget that some of these people, they don't know the Lord. And they aren't walking in the freedom that you are. You know, wouldn't it be really sad if here we are on Veterans Day and we didn't walk out the freedoms that the veterans and those in the military, wouldn't it be sad if we didn't walk those out? If we said, oh, well, you know, I, I, can't, I can't read my Bible because, you know, I don't have that freedom or, or, you know, I can't work because I don't have that freedom and I can't vote because I don't have that freedom. And you'd say to them, you do have that freedom. Your freedom was, was paid for. Right. There were many, many, many people that paid for you to walk in that freedom, mm-hmm. right? Wouldn't we, wouldn't we say that to them? Yep. If they said, well, you know, I can't, I, can't, um, I can't go out there and drive my car, you'd say, why not, right? You'd be like, no, you are free. You can go. You can drive wherever you need to go, right? Wouldn't we say that? It's the same thing in the body of Christ. We have been set free. Jesus paid for our freedom and it's not right to keep it to ourselves it's not right wouldn't it it wouldn't be right for us to keep our freedoms here in america to ourselves we want people to know no you're free if someone came from another country and maybe they came from a communist um, nation and they didn't know 
you would say, no, no, here, you're free. Here, you, you, you have freedoms. You can go to work. You can go to the store, buy whatever you need. You know, wouldn't you say that to them? You would want them to know that they are free. Good. What about those out there? The ones that are working side by side with you, the ones that you see here and there, your neighbors, wouldn't it be sad if, if you went to heaven and, and you know, uh, you didn't see them up there. And wouldn't it be sad if, if they said, why didn't you tell me? Yeah. Why didn't you tell me that I could be free? That I could be free when I was living on earth and now, and, and then they go to hell because we didn't tell them. Come on. Come on. We all, as believers, we have a ministry. It's called the ministry of reconciliation, yeah. where we as believers, it's our duty I said, it's our duty, just like the military, it's their duty to protect our freedoms. It's our duty as believers to share the gospel with others. It's our duty, and we shouldn't go throughout our lives never telling someone about Jesus, being fe- uh, feeling like we're bound and we're too shy or we're not bold enough, amen? Because we're going to talk about that tonight, amen? amen? Let's turn in our Bibles to Mark chapter 16. Praise God. It's good to be free. And we want to share the freedom that we have in Jesus with others. Amen. Matter of fact, God gave us a commandment. A commandment. Who, me? Yes, you. He gave each of us a commandment to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Are you in Mark chapter 16? I know you've all heard this before, but this is just something the Lord put on my heart. And I'm going to share with you in a minute what he told me. But uh, John chapter 16, verse 15 says, And he said unto them, this is Jesus talking to his disciples, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe in my name. Jesus is telling his disciples, in my name, they'll cast out demons. They'll speak with new tongues. They'll take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Hallelujah. So then, listen, then after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and he sat down at the right hand of God. And they went out. Circle that went out. They went out and preached everywhere. The Lord working with them and confirming the word through signs. Amen. You know, the Lord always works with those who obeys him. He always works with those who obey him. And in verse um, 15, he said, go into all the world. River Church, it's time for us to get out of our comfort zone. Get beyond the four walls. You know, this is the time of harvest. I said, this is the time of harvest. You know, here we are upon Thanksgiving and Christmas and people are, you know, we were out today and I mean, the stores are packed. People are thinking about Christmas and what gifts they're going to get. And they're already starting to get ready for Thanksgiving, right? Wouldn't it be sad though to let your coworkers go through this season and not know Jesus? Never share with them the real reason that we celebrate Christmas, that God sent his son to save them. River Church, it's our job to go out and preach. It says, go. 
that you can't do it from your home. <laughs> you got to get up. You got to go. You got to go somewhere. Where am I going to go? Wherever the Lord tells you to go. Wherever you go every day, there's an opportunity to share Jesus with somebody. This Christmas, I'm telling you, Pastor Marcus and I were talking, we are going to do things differently for our Christmas service. Praise God. We'll tell you more about it on Sunday. But God wants us, he's saying, go into all the world. And what's the next word he says? Preach. Preach the gospel. Well, I thought preaching was only for, you know, the fivefold. No, he's talking to all of his disciples. We are his disciples. He's saying, you go and preach the gospel. To who? Every creature. Everything that's moving. (laughs) You can go preach the gospel. And if you need to start somewhere, start preaching to your dog. Start preaching to your cat. You know, if you want to get a little practice. But what do you have to, pastor, I can't preach. Well, you can share what Jesus did for you. That's preaching. The word preach means to herald. To herald. To herald means as a public crier. You know, back in the old days, they would have the the public crier go throughout the town and make announcements. You know, they didn't have internet. They didn't have phones. They didn't have newspapers. You know, we've seen the pictures. They're, you know, wearing their garb and they've got their horn and they're blowing the horn and they're making announcements. Well, they're making announcements so who can hear? So everyone can hear. You know, they call them the town crier. So the whole town can hear. That word preach means to herald. It means as a public crier. Not crier, but crier. You're announcing something. And especially divine truth. River Church, you have divine truth. It says to proclaim, to publish. Come on. Praise God. To proclaim openly. You know, John the Baptist, he, he, he was a forerunner. That word also means to be a forerunner. Some synonyms for herald means a forerunner, one that goes before and announces the coming of another. River Church, we're going before the Lord announcing, guess what? Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming back. And we don't want any of our friends, our family, our coworkers. We don't want Jesus to come back and them not know. And then say, why didn't you tell me? How come you never, I didn't even know you were a Christian. Why didn't you ever tell me about Jesus? Why didn't you ever tell me what he did for you? How he healed your family? How he saved your marriage? How he saved your house? How he blessed you? Why didn't you tell me that I, I, I could get rid of fear? And I don't have to walk in fear all my life. Why didn't you tell me? Come on. So we're all called to preach the gospel. Jesus was talking to his disciples. Are we his disciples? We are his disciples. And he said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. You are the town crier. Yes, you are. Who, me? Yes, you. You are an official messenger bringing news. What news are you bringing? River Church, we're called to bring the good news, the gospel. That's what that word gospel means. It means good news. Amen. Let's turn to Isaiah 61. Praise God. We're all called to preach the gospel. We all have that ministry of reconciliation. Have you left? You know, people are looking, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. What does God want me to do? You know, maybe he wants me to do this. I'll tell you what God wants you to do. He wants you to obey him and go and preach the gospel. Share Jesus with those who are around you. You know, no one can touch the people 
that you can touch. People aren't around the same people that you are around. You know, there are some people in my life, I know that God specifically placed them where I work. It wasn't an accident. (laughs) They may think they just got a job, but I know that God placed them there for me to share the love of Jesus with them. You know, I think about, I think about our family and, you know, we were raised, my grandmother was, was Methodist and, and, um, she came to know the Lord, but someone told my parents about the word and the word of faith and how it could save you, heal you, bless you, that there's an inheritance for you to walk out, that you've got the authority of Jesus and you can use his name. Someone shared Jesus with them to that extent. And you know, it changed our whole family. And now me and my sisters, uh, all serving in word and word of faith churches and and their family and their children serving God and walking in the fullness of God, walking out the plan of God. Why? Because someone shared um, that message with them, whether it was in a book, maybe they saw it on TV, maybe someone called them and invited them to a meeting. You know, there's different ways to share the gospel, to share what you know. It's more than, well, you know, Jesus coming into my heart and you're going to go to heaven. That's great. That's the first step, but it doesn't stop there. And we can't just, well, you know, I'm so blessed. I mean, you know, if you have something so good, you want to share it with others. You know, when I go to a, um, a bakery and there's one bakery that I go to and they've got, um, phenomenal brownies and you know, I just, yeah, go get those brownies. Those are the ones they have the best brownies. I tell people they are so good. You know, you don't keep good things to yourself. And how much more important is Jesus coming to know him? This will change. You know, this could put, I remember when Pastor Marcus, when I met him, he didn't know the Lord. He was raised in religion and a denomination and his family wasn't serving God. And, you know, I invited him to church, you know, we were friends. That's all it was. And I invited him to church and he asked Jesus into his heart. And we started praying for his family to come in. It just takes one. It just takes one person. It just takes one to change someone's entire family. Just one person. And we take that, River Church, we take that for granted. And we ought not to take the love of Jesus for granted. Not just the love of God, but the power of God that changes lives, that changes generate, that sets generations on track for the plan of God where they can avoid sorrow in their lives and we're too shy to share it. We're too embarrassed to tell someone about the power of God that can change their life, change their marriage, get their kids on track, get their whole family. And you know, when Pastor Marcus came, to know the Lord. We started believing God. You know, the Bible says that um, when the one person got saved, their whole household came in. We started standing on that scripture. We said, Lord, he's born again. Now we just call in the rest of the household. We call them all saved. And one by one, they came in and it changed the landscape of our family. It changed the landscape. It changed generations because, because one person 
one person received Jesus. You know, you may work with someone and their life is a mess. And as I'm talking, I know there are people right now that you're thinking about. They've been on your heart. You've gotten this close to saying something about Jesus. You've gotten so close, but you got a little embarrassed or you backed off. You were too shy. But what you have, it's too good to keep to yourself. What you have, you've got to share. You've got to share the power of God with them because it will change their life. Don't take what you have and keep it to yourself. Praise God. Isaiah 61, are you there? Verse 1 says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Now, River Church, the Spirit of God is upon you. Because the Lord has anointed you to preach good tidings to the poor. You're anointed. Say, I'm anointed. anointed. You're anointed to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent you to heal the brokenhearted. How can you say that, Pastor? It's talking about the Lord. He's saying me. Yes, he's saying he has sent me, but Jesus lives in you. So now the anointing that's on Jesus is now in you. So he's anointed you to heal the brokenhearted. Do you remember before you knew the Lord, how sad you were? Always looking for something to fulfill. Maybe you were hurt. Maybe you were in a relationship that didn't go like you wanted and your heart was broken. But when you came to Jesus, (laughs) he healed your broken heart. It's supernatural, the power of God. You know, there's people today, they don't even know the Lord and they still have broken hearts. And they're around us and we don't say a word. But God heals the brokenhearted and you're anointed. You say, I'm anointed to heal the brokenhearted. To proclaim liberty to the captives. Come on, there's some people that you know they need to be set free. God wants you to say, God set me free. I was once bound by drugs. I was once bound by alcohol. I was once bound in anger. Whatever you have dealt with, you can share that boldly and saying, I was once bound, but God set me free. God will do the same for you. Come on. And the opening of the prison to those who are bound to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes. I love that part. God wants to give the people around you beauty for their ashes some of their lives have have been um uh torn apart torn apart by divorce maybe torn apart by bankruptcy torn apart by maybe abuse and they don't know that they can be free and we are around them you know i this just came to me too there are people around you you don't know what they've gone through You think they're okay, but they're not. If they don't know Jesus, there's some hurt there and God wants to heal them and he wants to set them free. He wants to give them beauty for ashes, beauty and rebuild their life back up again. Didn't Jesus do that for you? Didn't he give you hope? He gave you hope all of a sudden. It was like when you became born again, you had light. You were no longer in darkness. You could see that you could see the light at the end of the tunnel. <laughs> you know, without Jesus, it all looks dark. There's no hope. 
but he said he'll give you beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning. God has joy for us and joy for those around you. Spread the joy. Share what Jesus has done for you. You know, I used to be depressed. I was even on, which is just an example, but you could say, you know, if you were on, if you were on meds or or you were just down all the time and you were depressed and you kept your blinds closed and you didn't want to see the sun because you were depressed. You know, there are people out there who live like this. They go to work and they come home and they close their blinds. They don't answer their phone. They they sleep a lot. They're under their blanket. They have no one Mm -hmm. and they don't have Jesus. And we don't know. (laughs) See, once you walk in the light, we can easily forget the darkness that we used to walk in. And thank God we're set free and we're not walking there anymore. But there's people around you, they're in darkness. And God has anointed you to give them oil for joy. Amen. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Praise God. You know, this world is under a spirit of heaviness. This world is under a spirit of heaviness and the anointing is on you. It's on the words that you speak to set them free. Yes, it's on you. You say, me? Yes. If Jesus is in you, that same anointing that raised Jesus from the dead, it lives on the inside of you. Why is that anointing there? It's not for you to keep it to yourself. It's for you to share it with others so they can walk in freedom, so they can walk in liberty. Come on. So they can have a garment of praise, so they can praise God and be thankful instead of a spirit of heaviness. Amen. Amen. That they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. And we know this, River Church. There is a great exchange that takes place. We give him our mourning, our sorrow. We give him the sickness, the disease, and God gives us us praise he gives us the oil of joy he gives us health he gives us wealth he gives us soundness of mind come on he gives us love that's implanted on the inside of us that we can give out to others don't keep that love to yourself don't keep this this good news the gospel it's called the good news don't keep it to yourself share the good news proclaim the good news to those who are around you so their lives can be changed you know it's so easy to look at people and go oh that's so sad how they live oh that's such a bummer they live that way well, why do you think you're there? Come on. It's to it's to share with them. Right. Let me share the good news. You know, that's all I have to say. Did you know I have good news? I've got some good news. <laughs> My child was sick and Jesus healed them. Amen. I have good news. My marriage, I was on the verge of divorce. Or I didn't even like my husband. And I came to know Jesus. Now we're in love like we've never been in love before. Come on. Right? Praise God. Share the good news. You all have good news to share. Come on. You have good news. Amen. Praise the Lord. Aren't you glad you have some good news? Praise God. Let's turn to Matthew 28. Amen. Are you getting blessed tonight? You guys hope you're getting stirred up because God wants us to go and preach the gospel. He wants us to share. Share Jesus with others, amen, to those around you. Matthew chapter 28, praise God, verse 18. 
And just in case you weren't sure if God wanted you to go and preach the gospel, we're going to look at Matthew 28 where Jesus says it. Here's another account of him saying it. And Matthew 28, verse 18. And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven on earth. Now here, there's a transfer of authority and power from Jesus to his disciples. He says, Go therefore. Oh, there's that word, go. We love that word, go. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, just in case you weren't sure, Jesus said, lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Jesus is with you when you go. You're not going by yourself. You're not going in your own power. You're not going in your own strength. You're making movement, and Jesus is with you. So you can rely on him to give you the right words. You can rely on him. You know, sometimes it's just opening up your mouth and saying, you know, I have something to tell you. And you may not even know what you're going to say. But the minute you open up your mouth, Jesus is with you. And he's going to give you the exact words. He's going to just, it'll bubble right up inside of you if you'll take that step of faith. Amen? Amen. And he said, go and make disciples. You know, a disciple is someone who is a follower, a follower of Jesus. You know, we are all disciples and we are supposed to go and make more disciples. That's our, that's our job here on earth. That's every believer's job. I'm going to go and make more disciples. I'm going to go and, and help someone else take up the ways of Jesus. Come on, I'm going to go and help someone else learn to live like him. I'm going to go and I'm going to surround them. I'm going to help them become a disciple, help them become a Christ follower. You know, you might even put it this way, a little Christ. That's what that is in Acts 26 and 2 Corinthians 121. We are called to be disciples, little Christs, Christ-like. We're supposed to be just like Jesus on earth, and we're supposed to reproduce disciples. You know, people always talking about reproduce leaders. Why don't you go and reproduce disciples? That's what the Bible says. Go and make more disciples. Go and make followers of Jesus. Well, you can't do that sitting in your home. You know, you've got to get out there. And I tell you, you're all out there somewhere. (laughs) You go out every week. Every week, you're, you're somewhere. You know, you can go and preach, share the love of Jesus. Amen. Come on. We're called to make disciples, not just converts. Well, you know, I got someone saved. Yeah, but are, are they a disciple? Did you teach them how to follow Jesus? Were you there for them when, when they got born again and then spirit filled? Were you there for them? Did you say, here's my number. You know what? Or give me your number. I'm going to call you and you call them every week. How are you doing? Are you reading your Bible? Do you have any questions? You coming to church? Don't forget to come to church on Sunday. I'm going to I'm going to help them become a disciple. I'm going to help them become a follower of Christ. Yeah, it's yeah. not just well, now we got born again. No. It's I'm going to help them become a disciple. Right. Now, you know, in the end it's really up to them whether they want to or not. Mm-hmm. But as believers, our job is to go make disciples. Yeah. Now, if they want to become one, they'll they're going to listen. If they don't want to, well, we're not going to pressure them. We're going to love them and pray for them. Amen. Yes, amen. But a, a disciple is not just a hearer. And church, you are disciples. Yeah. 
we are disciples. We're not just hearers only. We're doers of the word. And it's our job to lead people to Christ. Yes. That is the ministry of reconciliation. They, we are reconciling, reconciling them to the Lord. We're bringing them to Jesus. Yes. Now, this is what I wanted to share with you. Um, the Lord, he, he, I was praying and he said to me, he said, where are my laborers? So I was praying and a couple times <laughs> throughout the last few months keeps coming up in my spirit. Where are my laborers? And we as believers can become so busy, 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 busy. We are doing the work of the Lord. Where are my laborers? Where are the ones that are supposed to go out and reap the harvest? That's our job. That's our, all of our job. That's your job as a, as a believer, as a disciple, to go and reap in the harvest, to bring in the harvest. Amen. Let's turn to Luke chapter 10. And so that's where this message came from as I started um, studying about the harvest and the laborers. Amen. Luke chapter 10, verse 1. Say, I'll be a laborer. I'll be one who goes and make disciples. Come on. I'll be a laborer. Amen. You know, to be a laborer, you got it. There's some work. You know, to go make a disciple, you got to open your mouth. There's some work involved. Amen. But praise God, you're not doing it in your own strength. You're not doing it in your own strength. Amen. Luke chapter 10, verse 1. After these things, the Lord appointed 70 others also and sent them two by two before his face into every city and place where he himself was about to go. Isn't this interesting? Jesus was going to go somewhere. But before he went, he sent out the 70 to go and prepare the way first. Isn't that interesting? He sent them out before him. They were forerunners. They were going to publish the good news. They were going to be a town crier to herald a messenger sent by God. And he said to them, the harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Come on. River Church, Pastor Marcus was saying last week, it's harvest time. Yeah, it's harvest time. What are you going to do about it? Are you going to sit around? Are you going to just wait for, you know, you, it, no one got their harvest by sitting around waiting for it to come in. Jesus said, the harvest is great. There are people around you. They're ready for Jesus. They don't know it, but they're ready for for a life change. Mm -hmm. In their heart, they've been searching. Some of them have been searching. Some of them, they're just, they're right there. They're ready. They're ready. The Bible says it's great. The harvest is great. And then Jesus goes on to say, therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest oh yeah that's right i'm just going to pray lord you send the laborers you can pray that and there's times you know there's people that i can't reach that i know that maybe they live in a faraway city and so i say lord i pray that the laborers go forth and minister the word of salvation and the word of deliverance to them but now if there's people my co-workers i'm not going to pray that i'm the laborer i'm right there I know that I'm the laborer that's supposed to go. You know, some of you, you're believing God 
for your loved ones to get saved. And you're, you know that you can't say anything, or maybe you've said all that you can. You know, sometimes it may come through somebody else. And so that's a time when you're going to say, Lord, I pray for the Lord of the harvest to send the laborers, right? So you're praying for God to send the laborers to minister the word of salvation and the word of deliverance to your family. Now I want to ask you this question. Are you also being a laborer to somebody else? Are you looking at those around you and thinking, this is someone's sister. This is someone's son. People could be praying for them. And here I am right here at work. I'm the laborer. See, you will reap what you sow. Are you sowing, sharing Jesus with others? So just because you love them, sharing the power of God with others, start sowing what you want to reap for your own family. Because there are family, somebody's family is working with you. And they could have grandmas, mothers, fathers, in-laws praying for them to come to know Jesus, but you haven't said a word, but you're the laborer. You're the laborer that someone is praying for. And I believe that God's already prompted it in your heart. You see them, you have compassion on them. You think, my gosh, they need to know Jesus. That's the Holy Spirit. He's saying, he's prompting you, go share Jesus with them. Tell them about my love. Tell them about my power. Tell them what God did for you. Amen. And then God says, after he says, pray for the Lord to send the laborers, he says, go your way. Behold, I send you out. (laughs) You go your way now. I'm sending you out. God is saying, River Church, go your way. You all have different ways you're going every day. Some of you are going over here. Some of you are working over here. And some of you are driving over here and you're meeting this person over here. We're all going different ways. And when we go our way, God's sending us out. He's sending us out to go share the gospel. Wouldn't it be sad if you worked in a place and you never were the laborer that you were supposed to be. This whole time on earth, here you work somewhere 30 years, 40 years. You saw the same cashier 35 years. Oh, I love them. They're great. But you never shared Jesus. You're a laborer. We're all called to be laborers. Amen. Amen. Look at John chapter 4. We're just getting in our Bible tonight about being laborers and the harvest. Is this okay? Amen. I'm stirring myself up. Praise God. John chapter 4. Amen. Verse 34. Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me. Come on. That's your nourishment. That's your food. That's your meat. It's to do what God has told you to do. It's to do his will and to finish his work. There's a work here that God needs finished on this earth. He's not coming till the work is finished. He's coming back for his bride when the work is finished. Guess what? We're the laborers. Aren't we the laborers? We're the laborers that are supposed to reap the harvest. We're the ones. He said, do not say there are still four months and then comes the harvest. Oh, I still have time. There's time. You know, I'll do it later. Don't say there's time. Behold, I say to you, this is Jesus talking, lift up your eyes and look at the fields for they are already white for harvest. Those people, they're white, they're ready. Don't say, oh, I have more time. No, the harvest is ready now. And he, listen what it says, he goes on to say, he who reaps 
receives wages and gathers fruit for eternal life, that both he who sows and he who reaps may rejoice together. For in this the saying is true, one sows, another reaps. I sent you to reap. That's what Jesus said. I sent you to reap. You're my disciples. I sent you to reap. Go bring in the harvest. Be my laborer. The fields are white. They're ready. The people, they're white. They're ready. I sent you to reap. I sent you to reap. We're called to be the reapers. We're called to bring in the harvest. Amen. You know, why are there so few laborers in the Lord's harvest? Christians are too busy. We get too busy, our minds are preoccupied, our time is taken up, and we forget about the people that are sitting around us daily. You know, there have been times in my life where, you know, I remember one time Pastor Marcus and I went to a restaurant where the Lord has, I've had to work on slowing down, even when I'm sitting down to eat, taking the time, slowing down. And sometimes, I remember this one time, I was just looking around, you know, sometimes I'll sit somewhere, I'll just look around. And I, I know some of you do this. And you look at the people around you. And that's when you, the thoughts, wow, look at all these people. I wonder if they're going to heaven. <laughs> I wonder if they know Jesus. And if you'll slow down, the Holy Spirit will prompt you. And I remember one time, and I've told this story before. We went and sat down at a restaurant and I was just, we were him, Pastor Marks and I were just sitting there and I just slowed down. And I remember I looked over at a couple <clears throat> and the compassion of God, you know, we're moved. Jesus was moved with compassion. River Church, you as believers will also be moved with compassion. And all of a sudden, I, there was a man and a woman. And so usually when there's a man and a woman together, I'll say, Pastor Marcus, <laughs> you got to go over there and tell them about Jesus. You got to go over there, you know, and that's not normal for me. I've probably done it maybe two or three times in my entire life, but I, I was moved with compassion. And so Marcus went up and he went over and he talked to them and he, he ministered the word to them. Well, when we went out to our car, they came out and they told us, and you know, I was looking at them and I could see grief. Holy Spirit will show you, but sometimes you can just see it on their faces, you know, and I could see grief on them. And they came out and they told us that they had lost a child. And they said, thank you for um, coming over. And they were Christians. Wow. They were Christians. said, thank you. Thank you for coming over and sharing Jesus with us. They needed to be encouraged. And they said, we haven't gone to church in a while. We're going to start going back to church. See, God wants to use you, but we, we can't be so busy that we don't have our spiritual antenna up. We need to, on purpose, slow down, put our spiritual antenna up, and you know, be ready to be used by God because he's called you to be a laborer. He's called you to go out and preach the gospel. He's called you to do it. He's called each and every one of us to do it. Let's turn to Acts 1, verse 8, as we get ready to close. And you may say, well, Pastor Melina, I'm too shy. I get embarrassed. I don't know what to say. To that, I would like to show you this verse. But I also want to tell you something else. The more you do it, the more you share Jesus, the easier it will be. See, the enemy, he doesn't want you to open your mouth. He doesn't want you to tell others about the power of God that will come in 
and change their life and turn their family around and cause generations that rise up to be uh, on the path and the plan of God for their lives. He doesn't want you to open your mouth. That's right. So he's going to say, you're too shy. It's not your personality. You know, don't do it. Someone else will do it. Someone else will share with them about Jesus. You don't need to. And Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says, You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. River Church, you've got power. Amen. You that are you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you've got a power on the inside of you. What is that power for? Let's read on. To be witnesses. You have power to be a witness. Amen. In Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. Or we could say, River Church, you have power to be a witness. Yes. In Portervale, in Lindsay, in Strathmore, and the surrounding communities to the ends of the earth. You've got the power to be a witness. You've got that power. That word power means ability. It means a miraculous power. You've got it on the inside of you. It's something, it's a power that's residing in you. Just by the nature of God that, that is in you, you've got that power to be a witness. So when the devil tries to say, you're too, you're too embarrassed, you're too shy, say, no, I've got a power on the inside of me to be a witness. You are empowered to be a witness, uh, to be a witness for Jesus. The New Living Translation says, you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere. You will be my witnesses. You are witnesses for Jesus. Where are we going to be witnesses? Wherever God takes us, wherever we go. You know, you don't know what lies ahead for that person sitting next to you at work. You don't know if you're going to see them the next day. You don't know if they'll be there. You don't know. You don't know. And it's important. You don't know if you'll ever see that waiter again. You don't know. You don't know if you'll ever, you know... uh, see that cashier again. You don't know. You don't know. Don't put it off. Don't put it off. You know, you want to see the ones you love. You want to see your coworkers, your neighbors. You want to see them in heaven with you. You don't want to go to heaven, River Church, and look around and go, where's so-and-so? I mean, I didn't tell, I didn't tell them about Jesus, but I was hoping sister so-and-so would. And you don't see him in heaven? They, they're not there because you were the laborer and you didn't open your mouth. You don't want to be that person. You want to be like, I told everybody I saw about Jesus. I shared with them about Jesus. I told them about church. You know, I want to say this to you, River Church. Well, you know, I, I, I don't know what to do. Well, now you know you have the power to be a witness. You know that you're called to preach the gospel, to share the good news. Yeah. The gospel just means good news. You're called to share the good news. You know that there's an anointing on you to do it. Yeah. You've got the power to be a witness. Uh-huh. Amen. Tell them about Jesus. And I'd like to say this, invite them to church. If you get them in church, if you can just get them in church, the power of God will go to work on them. Yeah. Amen. Wow, there's just an anointing when we all get together. Mm-hmm. And River Church, we talked about the glory this last Sunday. God, he's going to be moving. Say, he's moving. he's moving. And we're expecting him to move. But don't, don't, let's not leave out the people uh, uh, out there, outside the four walls. Let's bring them in 
so they can experience the love of God, the power of God. Amen. We're not keeping this to ourselves. Say, I'm not keeping it to myself. I'm proclaiming it to the world. We are laborers. Amen. And I, I'm so excited because we're getting back to the Great Commission. We should have never left it. But we're here on this earth to carry out the gospel of Jesus all over the earth. Amen. It's, it's the first calling of every Christian, of every believer. It's to share the love of God. And you know, that's what's going to bring Jesus back. That's what's going to bring Jesus back. When we start stirring up ourselves to win some souls, to be a laborer, and the whole world hears that Jesus Christ is Lord, but you've got to be a heralder. Remember a herald. You're going to herald it. You're going to be a, a town crier. You're going to proclaim it openly. It's not something to be shy about. The world needs Jesus. It's not just a saying. It's truth. Your neighbors need Jesus. Your coworkers need Jesus. They need the power of God to go to work in their lives. They need the peace that you have, the joy that you have. They need the deliverance. They need the, the, um, the healing in their bodies that you have. Don't keep it to yourself, River Church. Don't keep it to yourself. So tonight, as we get ready to close, I want to read this verse, and we're going to pray. And I believe, I believe that this message was from the Lord, specifically for us, River Church, that we, it's time to you know, we're so grateful for what we have, but we have to share the good news with others. And this Christmas season, it's not just about, well, we're just going to sing some Christmas songs and we're going to do that. No, it's about, let's go out and bring the harvest in. You know how your life was changed when you started coming to church. Completely different. <laughs> I know my life was changed. Turned around. Walking in the light is so precious. But don't forget there are people out there who are not walking in the same light that you are. But you know what? You can bring them into the light. You can bring them in with you. You can bring them in with you. And for those of you who have family members or co-workers, I want to encourage you this week before you, you know, unless the Lord leads you, but let's just start praying for them. Let's start lifting them up in our prayers. And we're going to do that right now. Because I know that there's people on your heart that God has put in, in your path, in your way to come to Jesus. And He's going to use you. And I'm going to pray that you have boldness. You know, the Bible says you can pray for boldness. But remember, you've got that power to be a witness. So Father God, right now we lift up everybody watching. And those people, Father, that you've placed on our hearts. Oh, we lift them up before you. <laughs> we lift them up before you, Father God. Wherever they are right now, there's no distance in the Spirit. And we thank you, Father, that we will be the laborers. We will be the ones that will go and share the good news. And Father, we just stir ourselves up right now. Say, I stir myself up. I'm on fire for God. I want to be a laborer for Jesus. And we thank you, Father, that, that as the word is being shared with these people, Father, their hearts are open. Their ears are open to hear what you would have them say. And Satan, we bind you. You desist in your maneuvers against their mind. And we thank you that their eyes will be opened so that they may know, so that they may know you, Jesus, that they may know your power, 
that they may experience the love of God, <laughs> the love of God, Father. Oh, and we thank you, Father. We thank you, Father, for the harvest. We call them into the kingdom of God. And Father, we say, use us. Say, use me, Father. Use me how you would use me. I'll be your mouthpiece. I'll say what you would have me say. I'll do what you would have me do. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father, for the harvest. Yes, and for those family members, Lord, the ones that we can't reach. Oh, we thank you, Father. There's no distance in the Spirit wherever they are right now. We thank you for the laborers that would go forth to them and bring them the word of salvation and the word of deliverance and that they would have ears to hear and soft, receptive hearts and that they would come to know you in Jesus' name and that your word would not return void. We call them into the kingdom of God, transferred out of darkness into the kingdom of light their lives turned around, their hearts turned towards God and the plan of God coming to pass in their lives. In Jesus' name. And for those co-workers, some of you have co-workers. God's put them on your heart. Lord, we lift up our co-workers, Father. We lift them up before you. We thank you, Father, for providing us the right time, uh, just the right timing for us to say what you would put on our hearts to say, Lord. And you give us the words to speak to them. You give us the words and that they would have ears to hear. Father, you said for the harvest, it's ripe, it's ready. And we thank you, Father, for the harvest. We call them in to the kingdom of God.